This week, we're going to talk about being set free from sickness. It's really talking about what the cross has done for us in a lead up to Easter. What was the point of Jesus dying? Was it just this you know, whole thing that happened? Was he just a great man? But it's actually talking about the power of the cross in our life, that it has power every single day. It's not just a, oh, I'm saved and it's done thing. It's a, I'm saved and God has changed my life and will continue to change your life ongoing more and more and more. All right? So today we want to talk about set free from sickness. Or the other title I would give this sermon is, if you want to be healed, do these things. All right? Because there's actually process steps you can take to have the healing of God in your life. And it's not that going to a doctor is bad or being on medication is bad. These are good things. Doctors are part of God's healing plan. But there also is a higher level that we can step into that is in God. And the amazing thing about it is it's available for everybody. Psalm 107 verse 20 says that God sent his word and healed them. That's God's default stand. If you want to get the healing of God in your life, you have to get the word of God in your life. All right? John 1.1 says that the word was in God and the word is God. So really, God and his word are one. And so understanding the Trinity is not hard enough, you know, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, and three persons, and all that goes with that. Let's just add the Word of God in there as another part of that, that God and His Word is one. What He speaks is who He is. Just like with you, what you say identifies who you are. Isn't that true? You know, if I speak with a strange accent, like a Kiwi accent, oh, my wife's not even here to hassle. That doesn't work, does it? <laughs> if I speak with an accent from a certain country, you'll know that I'm from that country. You know, if I talked like I've got peanut butter stuck to the top of my mouth, you'd say he's from New Zealand. And I was going to do a couple of you know, accents, but I'm really bad at accents, so you know, you probably go, oh, "We have no idea where you think you're from." So, but but as you speak and how you speak and the words that you use, they identify who you are. And people get to know you by what you say and what you do. God's the same. We get to know God by what he said and what he does. And his word and he are one. And if he said in his word is what he wants. And you have to get to the point of going, healing is a part of who I am in God. And as we go through today, I'm hoping that you understand that and you get that revelation in you that you don't have to put up with sickness, whether it's short-term, long-term or anything else, but in God, you have the right to full healing. And you have that right now. The same way that salvation comes now. And we talked about that last week. You know, when you come to God and you ask him for forgiveness and salvation, it's instantaneous. You don't wait for salvation and, you know, or maybe I'll get, you know, I've asked Jesus to save me so in two years' time he might come and then I'll get salvation. No, when you ask for salvation, you get it right now. You have it. If you've asked for it, you have it. It's a done deal. Healing is actually the same. It's a done deal. 
Because, you see, all these things that we're going to talk about were done at the cross. That was where Jesus gave you your salvation. That is where Jesus gave you your healing and everything else that we're going to talk about through the next few weeks. That's where our victory over the devil comes from. And that's probably the other part you've got to really understand is sickness does not come from God. He can't work against himself. God does not send sickness. If you really want to go back on that, go back to creation. Which of the seven days did God create sickness? None. He made the heavens and the earth. He made the heavens out there. He made the birds and the bees. The trees, the plants, the fish. And at the end of it all, he makes people. And he says, on the end of it, he says, it's good. There's no sickness. There's no poverty. There's no sin. None of these things are a part of the world. Sickness only comes in when sin comes in. Where does sin come from? It doesn't come from God. Sin comes from the devil. He is the original sinner. But see, with sin came the curse. Because sin brings curse. And a part of the curse, if you read Deuteronomy 28, it's got this massive list of blessings and curses. The blessings are really cool. The curses are stomach turning. But a part of the curses is sickness. They came in through sin. They came in through the devil. They never ever came from God. And if they did, then Jesus, you know, they said to Jesus, they said, oh, he casts out devils and he heals people by, by the power of Satan. And Jesus says to him, how can that be? Because if that was so, then I would be divided against myself. And he says, any kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Yeah, the unity thing we were talking about earlier. He says, I bring healing and cast out devils by the power of the almighty God. And what he was saying is, I didn't bring the sickness in and so I'm not kicking it out because I brought it in. The sickness came from the devil. I've come from the Father to cast sickness out. Jesus never made anybody sick. And we've tried to spiritualize this over the the centuries and we go, oh, well, you know, but Jesus has sent this so that, you know, he can humble us. And and he sent sickness to to help us learn to trust in him. I don't know about you, but I find it hard enough to trust in God without sickness. I don't need sickness to help me grow my faith. There's enough stuff out there to deal with. But it's also wrong. And they use things like, you know, Paul had this thorn in his flesh. And that's why, you know, Paul had it. So therefore we've got a thorn in the flesh was a figurative speech. 
If you read down, he tells what that is, and he says really clearly, it's not a thorn in the flesh. He said it was actually a messenger from Satan to buffet him. In other words, he was in spiritual warfare. And then he talks about what he goes through. He got shipwrecked, and you know, he got stoned, and he got thrown in prison. He says, this is the stuff I've got to deal with. That God's given me the grace to get through. It's nothing to do with sickness. There is no time where Jesus brings sickness. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you've got to read the whole Bible. It's got to be consistent all the way through. So if sickness has come from the devil, then healing comes from God. John 10.10 You know, Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life. I'm sorry, but sickness does not give your life abundance. Anyone there had a cold or a flu or some other thing and felt abundant? There might be an abundance of snot. Just see if you're awake. But you don't feel wonderful and, oh, yes, thank you. You know, it says thank God in all circumstances. It doesn't say thank him for all circumstances. Because he does not bring sickness. There is no abundance in that. He says it's the, it's the devil that comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And that's what sickness does, doesn't it? It steals, kills and destroys your life. So you've got to read the Bible not through religious glasses, but read what it actually says. We serve a good God. And he describes himself, he says, I'm a loving father. Now, I'm a loving father, and there's no time I'm going to walk around with my kids and go, here, have a cold. I tell you what, let me break a leg. If I did any of those things... You know, if I, if I grab Ben here, come here, Ben. If I got Ben and I said, just come, I'm not going to hurt you yet. <laughs> you know, if I got Ben and, and I beat Ben up, what would happen to me? He'd like to think he'd punch me, but, you know. Yeah, if I beat Ben up and just, you know, he walked into church this morning and he had a broken arm, broken leg, a couple of black eyes, a broken nose. What happened to you? Oh, Dad beat me up because he loves me. What happens to me? Is there anywhere on earth that that's good? It's not. Because that's not being a loving father. Thank you. You can sit down now. So why would we think that God who says, he says, you know, you think you're loving. He says, what you have is like filthy rags compared to how much I love. So why would he then go, I'm a loving father here, have a broken bone. Have a whole lot of sickness. Let me give you some cancer. So you have to, you know, be humbled and suffer for Jesus. That's not suffering for Jesus. That's the curse of the enemy. The Bible is extremely clear about this, and we've made this religiosity because the church hasn't known how to deal with it. And so rather than facing up to their failings and we need to get strong in this area, they've made it religious. Oh, you're doing it because you've done something wrong and God's punishing you. Hogwash. If you have Jesus living in you, then all the Father sees is Jesus in you. And like we talked last week, if you mess up, you don't become unholy and unrighteous. You just get dirty feet. And God says, come to me and we'll deal with that. Now, if you don't deal with it, that's a different matter. 
Because what you are doing is you are opening the door for the devil to come and bring sickness. And that's why James says, in that situation, confess your sins to one another, get over it, and get people to pray for you that you may be healed. You've got to get your mindset in there that sickness is not from God. Because if you cannot get that and you think God has sent it, then you can't work against God. I mean, this is the crazy thing, you know. If, if I came to you and I said, you know, I, I've, um, I, I've, say I said, I've got cancer. And you went, wow, that's really bad. You know, you've got cancer. Yeah, so, so what's your treatment? Oh, I'm not going through any treatment. Doctor says if I go and do six months of chemotherapy, it'll disappear. I should be fine. But I'm not doing that. Well, why are you doing that? Well, you know, God sent this sickness on me to teach me. And so, you know, if God's teaching me, then I can't work against God. You'd look at me and say, you're stupid. But think of the logic of that. People, if the people got sick because of God, then going and trying to get healing is actually working against God. Think it through. You know, oh, I've got a headache. Take a Panadol. I can't take a Panadol because my headache's from God. So therefore you shouldn't take the Panadol because that's working against what God's doing in your life where he's humbling you and getting you in the right place. So you've got to be consistent. If it's from God, then suffer. You can't have it both ways. Does that make sense to you? It's not from God. God has put in you a life force of his Holy Spirit that has a drive towards his blessing, his goodness, his abundance and his life. He's put something within you. He's made your body so it repels sickness and accepts health and wholeness. And he is a loving father. You have to be consistent when you interpret scripture. So if you have sickness in your life, it's not from God. And when you've got that mindset, I don't know about you, but I get angry when I discover this because I grew up in a very traditional sort of background of church. That taught all that rubbish we just talked about. And I started reading a couple of books and, and I started challenging them. I started going through the Bible and digging through the Bible and I got mad. In the middle of that, I got really, really ill. I got this thing that's like whooping cough. And for about three months, I was basically bedridden. I nearly died twice. And I started going through the Bible and reading what it actually said about healing. And I discovered that God's will is for me to be healed and whole. And if I wasn't being healed, it wasn't God's fault. It was me. I had to change me. I had to change how I thought. I had to change and so that my faith was in the right place to receive that healing. And people do that. They pray and nothing happens and they go, oh, well, it mustn't be God's will. Hogwash. It's God's will because it's in God's word. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by the stripes that Jesus bore, in other words, when he was whipped and beaten, you were healed. Not you're going to be healed. It says you were healed, past tense. And it's that gift thing that we talked about last week. You know, the Christmas tree's there and, and, and Jesus comes and he's put these gifts under the tree. And one of those gifts is healing and wholeness. The problem is that we have the gift and we don't unwrap it. 
And it's like in the gift is this coat, this, this cloak, and we need to take that cloak out and we need to put it on because that's his wholeness, his healing. And if you're finding you've gone to God and asked for healing and it hasn't happened, then keep going back. And I'm going to give you some steps to take to keep going back. You know, if you went to your doctor, you had cancer, and you went to the doctor, and you, know, you went through a treatment after six months, nothing happened, would you go, oh, I'm not going back to the doctor. He's just a quack, don't you? You'd either go back to that doctor or you'd get a second opinion somewhere else. And if that didn't work, you'd get a third opinion. And you go back for the next year and say, let's try these pills. Oh, they didn't work. Okay, let's try these pills. Let's try this treatment. Let's try this chemo. Let's try that chemo. You would keep going back. And yet we go to God once, we don't think it happens, we don't go back again. Are we stupid or what? We make some really dumb decisions, don't we? We trust more in a doctor that we hardly know than a God who loves us and we do know. Let me tell you how, let me teach you here. Is this okay? Are we all right? There's a few stunned looks there. I'm a little fired up about this. And I could really go for several hours, so I'm not going to, all right? Crikey. All right, we're going to go through this really quickly because this is really simple. All right, number one, now that you've got it in your head that God wants you healed, whole and healthy. The first step, if you want healing, do these things. First step is take gospels. All right, you go to the doctor, he gives you pills, you take those pills. You know nothing about those pills. You don't know what's in them. You just pop them because he said take them. Well, there's better pills you can take. You can take the word of God every single day. You know, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 says that Jesus took up your infirmities and carried all your diseases. That's what it says. Jesus took up your infirmities and carried all your diseases. You know what? You can take that every day. You know how you take the word of God? You never rip the page out and eat it. That's disgusting. (laughs) What you do is you say... Exactly that. And you say it in the morning like you're taking a pill. And you say it in the middle of the day like you're taking a pill. And you say it at night. You say, Jesus took up my infirmities. He carried my diseases. And you go about your day just like when you pop a pill and you go about your day. And before you go to bed at night, Jesus took up my infirmities and carried my diseases. And as you start to say that every day, what it does is it starts to get into your mind and down into your spirit. And it starts to rise up and it starts to bring healing. Because you see, the words you speak determine how your body will react. And you're starting to change how you think. You've been taught all your life that if you get certain sicknesses, then you're doomed. That if you have a cold, then you've got to wait 10 days before you'll feel completely better. That's hogwash. You can actually prevent colds. I used to get colds regularly until I started taking gospels. And I take mine in the morning, I take them every night, even when I'm healthy. They're like vitamins. Holy Spirit vitamins. Jesus took up my infirmities, carried my diseases. 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes of Jesus, I were, am, and always will be healed. Hallelujah. And you take them every day, and you take them, and you take them, and you take them. The great thing about these pills is you can't overdose on them. So if you feel like you want to take them every hour, you can take them every hour. There's no bad side effects. It won't make you ill. It won't make you run to the toilet. It won't make you constipated. It won't give you headaches. 
Doesn't give you dry throats. Doesn't cause your body to ache. You know what it does do? It makes you feel whole. It makes you feel better. Take your gospels. If I said to you, you know, if you, I mean, if some of you are sitting here with an illness right now, and some of you have been, you know, you had things in your life that have been there for a while. Let me ask you, if I said to you, take this little red pill every morning and you do it for the next year, in about a year's time, you're going to be completely healed. Would you do that? Of course you would. If I had my medical degree and, you know, I'd done the research and, and you knew what I was saying. So what if I say to you, if you take a gospel twice a day, every day for the next year, you will be healed? It's true. It's actually true. I did this. This is what I did for three months. I took gospels. Every hour I'd sit there and just read the word of God and read the word of God. I'd read every book I could find in healing and I'd read the word of God and read the word of God and speak it and speak it. And after three months, because they were doing all these tests on me trying to find out what it is and so on, and um, they actually got to the point where they had the health department coming in to do tests and if these tests were so, they were going to quarantine me because they'd sort of worked out what it was. And they came out with a tray about as big as this stand here and it had vials lined up, and, and I knew the girl doing it. It was in Kalgoorlie at the time, and, and I knew the, the girl doing it, and, and she sort of laughed at me because it was lined up with vials right across the tray, and they were going to put blood in every one of them. And I sat there, and I've never felt like you know, a cow being milked so much in all my life. They just sat there, and I said, make sure you leave me some. You, know? you might want to diagnose it and kill me because there's no blood left in my system. But that's, they were doing such extensive tests. And they said, this is what we think it is. The health department's coming to do this assessment. About three days before the health department came in, I'm speaking on the word of God. I'm standing on the word of God. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel any different. I was feeling worse and worse. I felt absolutely rubbish. You know, I couldn't do anything. I was basically bedridden. But I was reading the word of God and speaking the word of God. And then one day it hit me and I got this revelation that by Jesus' stripes, I'm already healed. And it was gone. I was completely healed instantaneously. And they came and they did their tests and they went, nothing. You're completely whole. That's God. Because I took my gospels. All right? I'm not giving you a whole lot of theory. I'm telling you what I've been through. This is God. I didn't work out then that I should take him every day even when I'm feeling better. But I did a couple of years ago and I started taking my Gospels. And I used to get a cold every year and it would turn into pneumonia because my chest, they told me that when I was sick it gave me a scar in my lung. And so, you know, if I got any sort of, you know, chest infection or anything else, it would get caught in the lung and end up in pneumonia. And I used to get sick every year and, and it was just like, you know, that depressing sort of stuff and disgusting. So I started taking Gospels. I started taking the Word of God every day, every morning and every night. Since then, never been an issue. That's God. This is what the word of God can do for your life because you've been set free from sickness. We just have to put it into our lives occasionally. All right. Number two, speak the word of God and only speak the word of God. Too many people get down and they pray and they say, you know, oh God, heal me. Heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes I was healed, so God, come and heal me. And then they get up and they go, oh, man, I feel so sick. Man, this cold's really got me. It's just killing me. 
Oh man, that that you know that gout or that whatever it is, man, it's just wiping me out. Let me read to you from Mark eleven. You got your Bibles there? Turn there. This is really key. Are we okay if we keep going for a couple more minutes? You sure? Because I'm, I'm could go for hours. You just say I've had enough. Feel we're going for a coffee now, right? And I'll keep going. Mark eleven. You got your Bibles there? Verse 22 says, have faith in God, or have a God kind of faith. And then he says this, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And then he goes on and says the same thing for praying. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, you have them. Now, if I, if I, came, to, if I came to my mother-in-law here, and I said, mother-in-law, will you give me your car? Now, this is sacred territory, I know, but you know. And she said, Phil, you know, I love you. Have my car. And I walked over here and I'm talking to Hannah. I'm going, you know what? I really need a car. <laughs> Hannah does need a car. She sort of crashed hers this week. <laughs> but, but if I came over here, I'm talking to Hannah and I said, you know, I really need a car. What have I done to what my beautiful mother-in-law said to me? Have I believed it? Even though she's not given me the keys, I don't have the title deed to that car, she has said, you'll have my car. And she's someone, she says something, I can trust her word. But I haven't trusted it. I've come over here and I've not believed it at all. That's what we do with God when we go and we pray and we pray his word and then we get up and we speak the opposite. We're not saying, we're saying we don't believe what you've said. And then we wonder why it doesn't happen. It's like calling, you know, Charles Camps compares it to, to calling your dog or your cat. You know, if I went, I, when I grew up, we had a dog named Topsy and a cat named Smokey. I had a dog named Socks, but it lasted about four weeks. Um, it's a little puppy, was it? <laughs> but my brother had a dog named Topsy and my other brother had a cat named Smokey. Now, if I walked out the back and the cat was sitting there and the dog was off, you know, because we were up in the bush, it was off running around. And I walked out and I went, I've got the dog food. And I go, well, just give it to the cat. I'm sitting there going, you know, with dog food, cat, cat, smoky, cat, cat. You'd look at me and go, you've got dog food. Why are you calling the cat? Well, I can't call the dog because I can't call those things that aren't as though they are. And the dog's not here, but the cat is. You'd look at me and go, you're stupid. If you want the dog, you call the dog, Right? And I go, no, no, I can't call the dog because I can't see the dog. I can see the cat. So I've got to call those things I see because believing is seen. You'd go, you've lost your marbles, Kinney. What are you doing? But that's how it is with God. He says we can call those things that aren't as though they are. You can call the dog. And what happens when you call the dog? The dog comes running. It's the same with God. You call yourself what you are not. If you're feeling lousy and sick, then you say, no, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. We have this little code, Dale and I, which I learned from someone else, which is when we're feeling sick, we don't go up and go, oh, I've got this massive headache. You know, will you pray for me? We go, I'm believing for God to heal my headache. Can you pray for me? And I don't own sickness. I didn't say mine, actually. I'm believing God to heal the headache. I don't own my sickness. You know, I've got cancer. Well, let go of it. 
We own the sickness, you know. I've got a flu. You know, my cold is your cold. Don't own your cold. Don't own your sickness. It's not yours, it's the devil's. And Jesus took it when he died on the cross. First Peter 2.24 talks about you being made righteous in God and him taking all of your sickness. So whatever sickness is on your body is not yours because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when God makes his temple, he makes them good. He makes them perfect. But you've got to watch what you speak because your words are powerful like it says here. You can say to a mountain, get in the sea, and if you believe that what you say is true, it will be done. You can speak to your sickness and you can tell it to get off your body and into the ocean and it has to do what you say if you believe it. And if you're having trouble believing it, then go back to the first step and start taking your Gospels because faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Hearing the Word of God. You want faith to believe that God will heal you? Then take your Gospels. Speak the Word of God out loud. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole. Jesus took up my infirmities and carried all my diseases. The Lord sent His Word and He healed me. I'll get excited later on, really. Preaching myself happy. Now you might be sitting there going, I wish you'd shut up so we can go and have a coffee, but I'm not going to shut up because this is what will change your life. We'll sit in a doctor's surgery for three hours waiting for a five-minute consultation to tell us how sick we are. But we can't sit in church for 15 minutes and hear how we can actually be whole and healed and living a healthy life. And God's cheaper. Even after tithing. And the side effects are awesome. Thanks, man. And don't sit there all righteous and holy like, oh, yes, my body's perfect. Half of you are sitting here, if not more, going, I've got this thing in my life and I wish I could get it off my life. This is how you get it off your life. You take the word of God and you speak. And it doesn't matter whether it's in your head or whether it's in your body or where you are sick. You could be facing depression. You could be facing the cold. You could be facing broken bones. You could be facing cancer. The principles are the same. You take the gospels and you speak them over your life. And it works and it works. And I've seen it working. And I can go through people around this church and show you where it's worked. Heck, half the front row wouldn't be here if it didn't work. I'm telling you, Dal and I sat down about 10, about 15 years ago and wrote down every healing we had seen. And you know what? We filled up. There was about 25 things that we put them into category, 25 categories of healings we'd seen. From depression broken, cancer healed, broken bones healed, sprained ankles healed. We've seen, we've seen, we, we, we had this, it was in the 80s. This 85-year-old lady had an irregular heart. And this was one of those churches where they didn't like us. I'm telling you, they didn't like us. We weren't popular as their pastor because we preached this stuff and they didn't like it. But this 85-year-old, I'm preaching on healing, and she goes, let me see something to this. So she rings me up and says, come and pray for me. So we went around and we prayed for her. And she went for a heart test the next day, and they said, your heart murmur's gone. The irregular in your heart is just completely gone. I said, will you write that down? So she wrote out a whole testimony for me. Because I said to her, if this keeps going, you're probably going to die within the next year. 
And as far as I know, she's still kicking on strong. Because she took a gospel. So take your gospels. Secondly, speak the word of God only. You know, why do we love talking the rubbish? You know, we walk into work, how you feel today? Oh, really lousy. Who cares how you feel? We don't live by how we feel. We live by the word of God. The world lives by how they feel. They live by their emotions and what's going on. We live by the word of God. How are you feeling today? Well, I had a cold, but God's healing me. Hallelujah. You're a religious nutter. I'd rather be a religious nutter than... Or I just go in and I say, you know what? I'm awesome. You got a bit of a cold there? No, I don't get colds. I'm not speaking the rubbish. Are we good? So I'll give you the next points really, really quickly. I've only got another seven. No. Look, rock up to your connect group. I'll send them the notes and you can talk in greater detail. Number three, last week we talked about deal with your stuff. Don't have unforgiveness in your life. Go to God, get forgiveness, get sin out of your life. Forgive others. You want that one? That's last week's sermon. You can do that. Number four, have your church family pray and stand with you in prayer. If you're struggling, you can't get over it, then say, pray for me. James 5 says that. It says, if any of you are sick, call the elders of the church, get them to come around, anoint you with oil, and pray for you. I had laugh this week, this guy was telling the story. He said, the first, he was just became a pastor. He'd never done this before. And someone rang up and said, come and pray for me. He said, okay. So he rocked up with his bottle of oil and just poured it over him. <laughs> He said he got in one case, he said he was out, and he's a country pastor in this country area, and he dropped up, and, and this farmer's out in the field, and they're chatting, and the guy says, oh, look, I really need you to pray for me. And God said, anoint him with oil. And he said, God, I've got no oil. He said, yes, you have. So he went to the car, pulled the dipstick out, got some oil off, and stuck it on the guy's head. He said, oil's oil. <laughs> I got a bottle of oil in my car. All right. Have your church family pray for you. And it says, the prayer of faith will make you whole. This is not some way out there extreme Christianity. This is actually basic salvation. This is actually part of what Jesus did on the cross. It says that he took up all your infirmities. He carried all your diseases on the cross. This is 101 Christianity. How about we start doing it? If there's nothing else to remember today, get a gospel and take it. Matthew chapter 8 or 1 Peter 2.24. Take it home, write it on a card or something else, and every morning get up, speak it. Every night before you go to bed, speak it. It'll start to change how you think. Don't worry about how you feel. Don't worry about the symptoms. Speak the word of God to whatever your situation, whatever your condition, and God will heal you. Because it will build faith. Are we good? All right, let's pray. I'm going to wait for the oil to come. I was getting the oil. Let me read to you what it says here. It says, anyone, anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick, 
Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. So if you're here and you're looking for prayer, obviously, you'll be healed. That's what God's word says. So add your faith to it. Add your faith to it. And if you're going, oh, I'm not worthy, God says you're forgiven of your sins. It says it right there in James. If you think, oh, no, I don't feel like I am, it doesn't matter what you feel. Thank you, Sir Benjamin. All right. I'm just going to work my way along the line and pray for you one by one. Because my wife just fit. I'm also going to get my um, beautiful mother-in-law. All right. Let me tell you something about Annette. Um, Annette had cancer. They gave her about a 5% chance of living, wasn't it? Not much at all. So she went to her pastor. Her pastor said, here's some scriptures. I want you to go away and do these, and I'm going to read them as well. And we come back together in a couple of weeks, and we're going to pray together. So she did. She went away. She took her gospels, came back. They prayed together. Here she stands. All right. So she's been through this. So she's going to pray with us, yeah? All right. So just stand there. Just close your eyes. Just tell God how good he is. Hang out with him. And we're coming. We'll get to you. We'll pray for you. All right. Now, sometimes people feel like they're going to fall over. That's right. That's why we have Ken. He has good eyesight now. He has perfect eyesight. So he can see when you're coming. All right. We will look after you. We will not hurt you. We will report if you go down. It's just, it's just the, you know, you put your finger in an electric socket. Has a response of sending you across the room. It's a bit like that. When you get into God's presence, sometimes His power just just moves over you, and that physical body just can't handle the feeling of His presence. That's okay. You want to sit down? You can sit down. All right. It's not about that. It's about really you just letting God be God. All right. So just let God be God and feel His presence. So I want you to feel His presence. Okay. Just release it all.